welcome to Spirit in Motion, a podcast by 316 Ministry. My name is David Warren. Today's topic will be All In with God. Our primary scripture for this episode will be Acts 16, verse 1 through 10, and Acts 16, verse 25 through 34. Our secondary scripture will be Proverbs, chapter 3, verse 5 through 6. When we are all in with God, He protects and directs our journey. What does it really look like to be all in with God? Unfortunately, you may not have a real-life living example that you see often, showing you what it looks like to live a life committed to Christ. But some of us do. You might see it in your parents or other relatives, friends, or people in your church circle. If you're in school, you can pretty much bet that school doesn't endorse that opinion. Thankfully, we have the incredible story of Paul in the book of Acts and how he truly dedicated his life to serving Jesus and spreading the gospel. The Lord took him on journeys that made such a big impact, which are so hard to fathom, but are truly inspiring. Now, it wasn't always that way with Paul, who who was also called Saul before his encounter on the road to Damascus. Paul did a complete 180-degree turnaround, and instead of persecuting Christians, he started making them. As we move forward, you'll see what it truly takes to be all in. For sure, this is one of the big question marks, isn't it? If we go all in with Jesus, then what does that look like? Can I handle it? Will God take care of me? Who will it benefit the most? In all honesty, there are challenges always associated with the life of a Christian. We face opposition from people all around us. We get categorized in a certain way. People change how they treat us. Our lifestyles change. So today, I'll be speaking about Paul and what his life looked like when he went all in. As you begin to understand some of the challenges, you might find yourself wondering if it's really worth it. You will come to a time in your life that you'll have to decide what a life of faith really looks like. My hope is to paint the picture of the journey that you'll take with Jesus. It is also our hope that as you move forward with this message, you'll be inspired not just to want to be with Jesus, but to start taking actual steps to live this out. We know that if you do, life will never be the same. So many Christians today, based on our busy lives, find that being a Christian is just another task that has to be completed throughout the day or even once a week. Statements like, okay, it's Sunday, time for church, or Wednesday, time for group, or worse, we believe that being a Christian is about a matter of convenience. Only when we're not doing something else, we'll think of God. We are about to travel with Paul on his second missionary journey and see how his conversion allowed him to be fully embraced by God and to be used to change the world. Based on what we read about Paul, if he believed in something, there was no halfway commitment. So Paul and Barnabas are in Antioch. Paul came to Derbe and then to Lystra, where a disciple named Timothy lived, whose mother was Jewish and a believer, but whose father was a Greek. The believers at Lystra and Iconium spoke well of him. Paul wanted to take him along on the journey, so he circumcised him because of the Jews who lived in that area, for they all knew that his father was a Greek. 
as they traveled from town to town, they delivered the decisions reached by the apostles and elders in Jerusalem for the people to obey. So the churches were strengthened in the faith and grew daily in numbers. Paul and his companions traveled throughout the region of Phrygia and Galatia, having been kept by the Holy Spirit from preaching the word in the province of Asia. When they came to the border of Mycenae, they tried to enter Bithynia, but the Spirit of Jesus would not allow them to. So they passed by Mycenae and went down to Troas. During the night, Paul had a vision of a man of Macedonia standing and begging him, Come over to Macedonia and help us. After Paul had seen the vision, we got ready at once to leave for Macedonia, concluding that God had called us to preach the gospel to them. So let's put some context around this journey concept. In Paul's time, there were no planes, no cars, and unless you had great resources, not even a horse was at your disposal. Oftentimes, traveling meant walking. For Paul, he also made use of boats that were heading in the same direction he was going, but for sure, this was very challenging. We know for sure that Paul helped establish the seven churches, which are now in modern-day Turkey, and are also listed throughout the book of Acts and the book of Revelation. These churches were separated by distances of 30 to 50 miles in some cases. We understand from the scripture that Paul, along with his companions, found it necessary to travel from town to town to seed and cultivate God's word. During the reading, I find it interesting that Jesus would not allow Paul to enter some areas would send him a vision to go to help others. This demonstrates that God is leading the effort and guiding Paul throughout his mission. Paul was so committed to God that his spirit was working directly in his life. It is hard to understand that fully committing to God gets God fully committing to you. So let's talk about fully committing to God and what that might look like. Jesus made it very clear when he said, pick up your cross and follow me. When we made the decision to go all in, we knew it wasn't going to be an easy task. So here we go. Two teams, one good and one bad exists. When you're born, you're already on the bad team because of the fall of Adam and Eve in the garden. So three options. You can stay where you were born, or you can accept Jesus and use him as you need him, or you can go all in and allow Jesus to guide you to growing his kingdom. The last one is the most challenging, but it's also the most rewarding. So each of these decisions has consequences. Staying where you are means you go it alone. But you're a moral person, right? Isn't that enough? Maybe you can fight the good fight and not fall too deep into the path of destruction. You can use your morality to ensure that you don't ever go too far until you do. The evil one? He's always going to try to see if he can get you to go further. And since you're alone, you most likely will. It is no lie. Most desperate people, when they feel they have nothing else, find Jesus. Just as a drowning person will cling to anything to avoid going under again, including another person, Jesus always has his hand out, but you have to take it. If you don't, the worst part, when it's all over and you're all alone, and done. Well, you're done. So, let's say you grab that hand. The moment you do, you'll start to see things change in your life. 
Just as quick as Jesus calmed the storm in the boat, one second chaos, the next calm. Belief, faith, trust, and love are your new mantra. Belief that Jesus is the Son of God. Faith that the path that he will lead you down is true, but you still have to choose to go. And trust that he will always have your best interests at heart, even when it doesn't seem so. All choices lead to Christ. And finally, now comes the hard part. All in with God. There's a big part of you that will feel as though you have something amazing in your life that you'll want to share and you'll have an urge to share it. You know that it'll be hard to try to convince others to believe you as you do now. Have faith and trust that Jesus has this under control. You also know that if they can feel like you do, it will be worth any sacrifice. All in means putting God first in everything, and everything you do is for God. And why shouldn't you? Isn't God worth our devotion? As we will learn from Paul's story, going all in with God sometimes has reasons we might second-guess our choice. In the next part of the scripture, we'll learn about Paul and Silas and their visit to Philippi and their encounter with a young girl that predicts the future. This young girl followed them around for days, and Paul had had enough. He commanded the spirit to come out of her. Well, the girl's owner had been making money off of her fortune-telling and had Paul and Silas beaten and thrown into prison. Paul and Silas are in Philippi. About midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God, and the other prisoners were listening to them. Suddenly, there was such a violent earthquake that the foundations of the prison were shaken. At once, all the prison doors flew open, and everyone's chains came loose. The jailer woke up, and when he saw the prison doors open... He drew his sword and was about to kill himself because he thought the prisoners had escaped. But Paul shouted, Don't harm yourself. We are all here. The jailer called for lights, rushed in, and fell trembling before Paul and Silas. He then brought them out and asked, Sirs, what must I do to be saved? They replied, Believe in the Lord Jesus, and you will be saved, you and your household. Then they spoke the word of the Lord to him, and to all the others in his house. At that hour of the night the jailer took them and washed their wounds. Then immediately he and all his household were baptized. The jailer brought them into his house and set a meal before them. He was filled with joy because he had come to believe in God, he and his whole household. So Paul and Silas took a big earthly risk and got a big earthly reaction. They successfully cast out the evil spirit of the girl, but got beaten and arrested in the process. Casting out a spirit is a big example of going all in. Going all in does not mean you'll need to go around and cast out spirits, but it does mean that you're going to draw some attention. It is important to notice that when you go all in, people are going to take notice and respond. Thinking about that, the extra attention might be a worry and how people would think of you if you go all in with Jesus. Something important to notice. Once you make the choice, God will give you the strength to stay the course even when you think you can't. Paul and Silas were praising God while in their shackles in the smelly, dirty, and scary prison cell. This is a great example of an all-in response to dark times that we might be in. At this point, in their journey, it's all about trust and belief in what they were doing. Belief in their mission and trust that God was watching out for them 
and that he was going to take care of them. Of course, God had their backs while they were praising him, and their chains broke and the doors flung open. By putting your faith and trust in God, you can also be freed from your burdens. Faith that God knows what you're going through, and trust that he'll see you through it. It is sometimes hard to see the path that God has in store for you, but for sure, there is a path. Take a moment, analyze your life, and think about where you've been, what gifts you have been given from God, and what doors are open in front of you right now. Ask God for wisdom and enlightenment so you can see the path that's laid out before you. And when you see the path, go with trust in God. Seek his counsel often on the journey. Now, let's take a look at Proverbs chapter 3, verse 5 through 6, NIV. Trust in the Lord with all your heart, and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways submit to him, and he will make your paths straight. When you listen to this verse, for someone that's not all in, you might immediately focus on the word trust. This is a very big word for many of us to accept. We only have our own understanding to lean on and have been doing this for most of our life. However, before we could, we had to trust our parents or caregivers to do the things that we just couldn't do. Then, it wasn't a choice, but it was trust. As we grew, we learned our own understanding from the world around us. The world taught us all a bit different. There in lies the problem. We learned worldly versus godly. The Bible shows us several examples of people that were brought up from a very early age, to only know God's way. For example, look at Samuel in the Old Testament and see how his life turned out compared to ours. Just remember, we do have that perfect example on how to live all in. While considering that we have many examples, excellent examples, to choose from in the Scripture, there's only one that's actually the Son of God who came to earth to show us how to live as a human, how to die with his faith directly set on the Father, and that his life was set through him, and we can be forever. And as we end, let's reflect back on the main point. Being all in with God is based on belief, faith, and trust. Belief in God the Father and of the Son. Faith that he knows you and cares about what happens to you. And trust that if you do the first two, he will guide you to your purpose in life. For other podcasts, please visit us at 316ministry.cc. If you'd like to donate to this effort, please locate the donate button at the top of our webpage. All donations help to build these podcasts and help grow the kingdom of God. Thank you and have a blessed day.